from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. A wise woman once told me, there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. Today's guest is on a continuous journey to live his truth and pursue his passion to create super dope content that intersects sports and hip hop culture. Jeff is a video producer for House of Highlights on paper, but is a visionary in real life. We talk about his journey to picking up a camera and the inspiration into following his dreams. We also talk about how he has organically built relationships that have opened many doors. If you're creative or passionate about pursuing your dreams, you won't want to miss this conversation. It should also be noted that Jeff and I's conversation was recorded before the untimely death of George Floyd. Since then, Jeff has made a concerted effort to use his platform to spotlight social injustice against the Black community and emphasize that Black lives matter. Enjoy the convo. my boy has a video and we need somebody to shoot it but it has to be uh 3d futuristic and we need to turn around time in three days you got me <laughs> you know what i got some people to to put in position that might be able to help you out <laughs> all right yeah that's what it's all about i have to relay the message back to him <laughs> i appreciate that yeah so ladies and gentlemen i have jeff wallace a video producer jeff go ahead and introduce yourself to our viewers listeners and fans out there yeah, for sure. Uh, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff Wallace. I'm a video producer, currently work for House of Highlights and Bleacher Report. Um, from Virginia, 28 years old, you know, James Madison University alum. Shout out to JMU. Um, yeah, man, we're out here trying to get it. Okay, cool. Now, I know you say you're actually from Virginia, but I wanted you to kind of walk us through your upbringing. Like, where exactly are you from again? Yeah, so I'm from... <clears throat> I'm from Newport News. A lot of people that aren't from VA probably know, like, the Virginia Beach area because of the Clips and uh, Pharrell. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you do know a little bit more about Virginia, I'm from, uh, you know, where Michael Vick, Allen Iverson, that kind of area. Uh, a lot of uh, naval, army bases. Um, yeah, man, kind of in the middle between Virginia Beach and, uh, and Williamsburg, Virginia. So, yeah, from Newport News, grew up there my whole life uh yeah born and raised um yeah and you know I was there for a minute my family's there my my pops and my mom they're both from there um so yeah I've been a Virginia kid my whole life okay cool and I know you said you went to um JMU but we originally met at, at Radford what was the uh we got some stories what was the yeah, top five spot? stories man exactly on, don't hold back on the podcast <laughs> of course not of course not what was the thought process when you originally were like all right i'm going to rafford and then yeah. when you were like all right rafford's it's not it for me i gotta get out, i gotta get out of here and go to jamie yeah for sure um yeah you know out of high coming out of high school you know i was one of those kids uh you know the teachers all like me but i didn't have the best grades <laughs> so uh i applied to shit man i probably applied to at least at least eight schools somewhere between eight and ten and i got into radford and i got into uh st john's up in new york and then i think those are the only two two out of ten <laughs> so really for me it boiled down to money 
Um, and there was no way I can afford St. John's because that was a private school or is a private school. Um, so, you know, I took a trip up to Radford. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought it might, I thought it might work and give it a chance. It wasn't my first, you know, my first, uh, my first choice. But when you kind of bullshit in high school, <laughs> you kind of got to kind of take what you get. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I ended up at Radford. And, you know, it was a, you know, Radford was fun. It was a blessing. Like, there were definitely things I learned mm-hmm. from there. Like, just like with everything in life, bro, you take bits and pieces from every part of your journey. So, Radford was, like, actually one of the best things that ever happened yeah. to me, to be honest. That's cool. Yeah, I actually remember meeting you because I think it was probably in Peter's gym, uh, good old Peter's, where everybody was playing pickup. And... Thanks, man. Everyone was trying to move themselves. Exactly. The I mean, there's, <laughs> there's not so many uh, black students, or there wasn't at the time at Radford. And I remember I was like, yo, this kid, he's actually pretty decent. Like, he's He's kind of fresh, so I know he's not from like, he's I know he's not local, right. so I was like, he has to be from like DC, right. Northern Virginia, Newport News, <laughs> and then we just kind of like chopped it up, and then we would kind of hang out, obviously at the parties, whether it's on light side or dark side, mm-hmm. kind of mix it up mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. But you always had like level-headed, good head on your shoulders, and all that positive stuff. So I was always wondering, like, what made this dude come to Rapper? Because I, because <laughs> the people I was hanging out with, they were there for undergrad, and obviously it was like a big party school and all that cool stuff. But I was there right, for grad right. school, but I kind of got a, a taste of both worlds since I went to like a smaller undergrad. When I went to Rapper, it was kind of my right. chance to kind of unwind, party, network, and all yeah. that good stuff. So that was like my sole reason for going there. A hundred percent, dude. And I, it's funny because I, you know, like you said, the black population small. So I'm like, when I go to campus, I'm like, shit, where can I meet exactly? <laughs> and uh, the first thing I did was hit Peters, and I'm pretty, and I'm, I know for a fact I met you that first week because, uh, you know, it'd be like the normal, like the the Hoopers that would come in. You see every like the first two days I was there, and then you popped in on like the third or fourth day, and I was like, all right, this dude must hoop for the team. <laughs> So I was like, all right, let me kind of, yeah. you know what I'm saying, kind of chop it up with him, get cool with him, so we can, you know what I'm saying, just make a little, a little consistent pickup exactly. team, so we can, you know, stay on the court and not have exactly. to, not have to get off. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, exactly. but yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things, and it's funny because you know I think we actually talked about this before, but it seemed like a lot of people were from like the mm-hmm. D.C. Northern Virginia area, um, and that's what kind of like you know turned me off about it when I was yeah. there. Um, cause I was really looking for like a fresh start and people that were coming from like a lot of different places. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, I think, you know, you said the best, like that fresh, that first year of college is like, it's huge. Cause that's, that's part of you. Like just, it's such a learning curve, bro. And that's you like, you know, figuring out who you want to be and start to navigate who you want to be and like what you want to do. Um, and you're getting exposed to like all these things that, you know, some people weren't exposed to in like yeah. high school. So it's like, you know, I'm not saying that I wasn't exposed to parties, but just I wasn't exposed to, like, certain walks of life. Like, I'm talking to people that are from, like, shit, dude, somewhere, you know, near, like, Charlottesville yeah. area, and I'm from the beach. So, I'm, so you know what I'm saying? They're talking about, yo, rappers, like, huge. Like, there's so many, like, people. And I'm like, dog, ain't no one out here. Like, it's, 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 a one, yeah. it's a one road town with, with, like, no black people. Ain't nobody out here. But, uh, you know, that, that all that stuff, that it just opens your eyes to different perspectives, bro. Definitely. So, you know, part of that, part of chopping it up and being level-headed was just, you know, being open to learning about people. and, and where Definitely. Um, obviously, when you were a rapper, you were there for, I think you said, one year. Did you did you have yeah. a major at the time, or did you kind of know what you wanted to study or go into? I started out as a bio major, um, but, you know, I was taking all gen eds and, and gotcha. stuff like that. So, I said I was a bio major, uh, and I think I, I'm pretty sure I declared – but I really only took one bio class and I took like a couple math classes. Um, and I think, you know, it's crazy. Cause like, unlike before I was just like, for some reason I was just like super motivated, whether that was 
you know, whether that was to, um, you know, make sure my parents, you know, who were helping me pay for school weren't like sacrifice wasn't going, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It wasn't going to the trash. And also just proving to myself, cause you know, I was that kid, kid growing up where, like I said, like I just was lazy and mm-hmm. wouldn't try. And, you know, I just kind of started surrounding myself with people that were motivated. So that really, really kept me going. Shout out to Caleb today, yeah. keeping me in. I forgot what that library was called, but we were, we were in that joint pretty much every day before we went to Peter. Nice. So, yeah, I want to say it was like Walker Hall or something. I could be, I could be oh getting it wrong. God. But yeah, I kind of wanted, yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously, I feel like you said you kind of wanted to expand your network and and not be in the quote unquote cliques that were kind of at rapper. But was there anything else that made you want to transfer to um Jamie? Yeah. Um. So I mean, really, JMU was in like my, my top three coming out of uh, coming out of high school. Um, UNC was big, but I, you know, I couldn't get in there because of grades. Um, so that kind of mm-hmm. got X. Um, you know, JMU, I, I visited with my pops because my dad actually went there. Uh, visited with him a couple times, like a couple times. Uh, you know, I thought it was really cool. Like it was, you know, <laughs> it's seventy percent girls and it's twenty four thousand, right. you know, students that go there. So I was like, damn, that was the first time. Yeah, that's not a bad ratio. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Right, right. But, it, you know, it was just a beautiful campus that people were, like, overwhelmingly nice. So I low-key thought it was, like, some fake, yeah. you know what I'm saying, some, like, some show. But then I, I went back a couple of times. I was like, man, this is, like, really the culture. Um, and, you know, even though it wasn't, like, super culturally diverse, there was a lot of, like, affinity for the school. And there's a lot of school spirit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I, I like that a lot. Yeah. And then just being in, like, a different surrounding from, like, where I'm from. So I'm from the beach. I'm trying to be the opposite of that either like you know a big city or you know maybe like a secluded mountain area um so i really you know fell in love with it when i went there started meeting you know met a couple people on my trips up there and you know i busted my ass at rafford and you know that second semester you know i was actually i think i told you (laughs) i think i told you this at the bar but i was in a relationship when i went to rafford and uh she actually ended up coming up there that second semester and we ended up breaking up and you know, that was almost just like the icing on the cake where I was like, all right, you know, this was cool, but I'm ready for the next chapter. And I think even from like a, just like an academic, like challenging yeah. perspective, like, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I busted my ass when I was at Radford, but I felt like I could have been more challenged too. Sense. So, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people. They said JMU's a good mix of like social life and, and, uh, and mm-hmm. academics. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make this move. That's when it was happening, bro. So I actually got waitlisted. I remember I had, I think I came out of Rafford with like a three point six or okay. something like that. Ah, bro, I was busting. But then I, but then you know, part of that too when you transfer is like, all right, let me look at their high yeah. school grades because it's only been a year. So I got waitlisted, and then I was like one of the last group of people that got off the waitlist. So yeah. things just kind of worked dope. out. What were some of the like activities or events that you were a part of at JMU? Because um, I know there's not like the Greek life is big at Rafford, but I feel like it's a different scene right. at um JMU. Like right, like right. my dad, he's a Q. My uncles, they're all Qs. My mom, yeah. AKA, aunts, all AKAs. Yeah. And they were always like, "Are you gonna pledge?" So like my undergrad, it wasn't even a like there wasn't even any Greek on campus. So then at Rafford, there's like right. no black fraternities on campus. So I'm like, yeah, I'm probably right. not. Like, I don't think it was like I don't remember yeah. anyone when we were there. Maybe like the yeah, I think that, like that might have been it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually, you know, I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, Roots of the Brush. Um, and, yeah, so I actually, you know, I was undergrad, like, early on, I was big into, like, I was a orientation peer advisor. So I did that and kind of, you know, try to get back mm-hmm. to students a little bit when they were transferring in and, like, first-year students making that transition a little bit easier. Yeah. Did that. Um, played club basketball. 
did that for on and off for like four years. There was just a point where I got busy with school, so I had to stop and I got hurt. Um, did that. Uh, you know, I also worked at the gym. I ended up being a shit. I worked at the gym for like I worked at the gym for like three years, bro. And really, I owe like a lot of my a big part of my social life was from okay. the gym. So I loved it, dude. That was like that was such a blessing, bro. And that taught me really how to be a leader because I went from like an assistant to a you know work my way up to mm-hmm. supervisor. You know, all shit. A majority of my you know friends, especially outside of the black black community, came from like came from okay. UREC. So it was like a good balance of like, you know what I'm saying? For me, it was a good balance of like, you know, being immersed in the black culture and then also being immersed in like the the majority of the school, kind of getting that, that mixed experience, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, that really, those few things taught me like, you know, helped me develop my leadership skills and just like, you know, punctuality, professionalism, learning how to like, just, you know, it's a, you got to have a balance of being able to like, you know, talk mm-hmm. the talk and just hang out with people and knowing when to like turn on the managerial, yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Like the leadership role. So that, you know, I'm definitely thankful and blessed for having those opportunities. And then uh, I actually uh, joined my, joined Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated when I was a senior. Um, so I joined a little late in the game, but you know, that, that was the thing itself that just taught me even more about myself, bro. And, you know, opened my eyes to a lot of different, how beautiful, just even not even Omega Sci-Fi, but just like Greek, Black Greek culture in general, just opened my eyes to everything about that. It's just a beautiful thing, That's man. Cool. So, um, just aligned with you know, I aligned with all their ideals, and I really got to know the brothers on campus. Um, and yeah, bro, I just it was something I just really wanted to be a part of, so I made it happen. Nice. And obviously, we've been talking kind of about like your educational background and your college and all that. I wanted to dig into how you got onto the production side of entertainment. Have you always been into like kind of <laughs> producing content? Did you have like a Polaroid growing up? Were you the first with like a camera yeah. phone or like kind of walk us through that? Yeah, man. So it was, it's really twofold. So I think, you know, the first time without even me really like realizing it, my mom was such a huge part in me developing like a creative brain. Right. So shout out to my mom. Um, Cause she always had cameras. She was always doing arts and crafts. She's 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 like the she's definitely the creative one in the family. My dad's more like the business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like the business uh, business guy in the family. So I feel like I got a good mix of both. But yeah, she was she always had a camera. Was always helping me with like school projects and everything like that. And she really had an eye for a lot of uh, a lot of artistic things. So without even knowing it, she was like my first like real influence, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, there's this one guy. I remember I was a freshman. I was a freshman in high school, played on the varsity basketball team. He was a senior. His name was Asa Jackson. Man, I thought he was the coolest <laughs> dude, bro. Like, like, and mind you, like, this is, I was a freshman, so I spent half my time at private school and half my okay. time at public school. So he was one of, like, the few black people at the school I went to. I went to the school called Hanford okay. Academy. And, man, he, and he's still doing his thing now with art, but I remember there was one day he had this dope, film camera i think it was a canon um and i just remember after practice i was like yo like you're in the photography like that's cool like i've never even seen like a like a film camera like this this is like old school i'm talking about like yeah you know what i mean like the old you gotta insert the film roll the film process the film he's like yeah bro like you should check it out you know if you're interested like it's, it's an elective so i took it i took it second semester freshman year um loved it and then I kind of, like, just got away from mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was just really focused on, like, basketball. And then I was just focused on, you know, other things. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> like, girls and, like, party, yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, a normal exactly. school life. And, 
and for him, so he graduated, so, and I didn't really keep in touch with him when he graduated, but, you know, I didn't really have that influence at the time to kind of, like, keep going, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So even, like, from picking up that camera, like, I remember specifically, and I just talked to one of my friends about this, I was like, you know, I made a, we made a, uh, you remember MTV yeah, Cribs? of course. Bro, we made a, we made a, we made our own, like, spoof on Cribs, you know what I mean? And it was one of those things where we spent all day shooting it, and then they went to sleep. I spent all night editing it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, and I should I should have known from that point that like the production world or that realm was something that I wanted to be in. But you know, again, like where I'm from is it's not that many people that look like me doing what I'm trying to do. So I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. You know, so put it away. Um, you know, college rolls around, still don't really pick up a camera. I'm, I might use it like every once in a while, like freshman year, and then I really didn't pick it up until my didn't pick it up to my junior year, and one of my roommates, who's a Kappa, he's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, Fraternity Incorporated, and he he kind of hit me. He was like, "Yo, like you know, I'm about to probate." Um, for those who don't know, probate is like a coming out coming out show for the uh, for the mm-hmm. for the students. And he's like, "Yo, like, can you you think you can film it for me?" I'm like, "I mean, sure. Like, I don't really know what I'm <laughs> doing, but you know, whatever." So you know, I picked it up, shot it. Uh, sent it to him and it was brown made this on iMovie with a really you know it wasn't a great camera i think it was a canon canon t2 or t3i yeah. uh made it with that made it real quick like same thing stayed up all night working on it and then pushed it out and he was like yo this is dope and i was like really he was like yeah bro and i was like work <laughs> you know what i mean so then you know kind of from then on like you know, other groups on campus started to ask me to make videos. And at the time, I was a health science pre-physical therapy major. So, you know, I was trying to do that. So I was doing this on the side for fun. And then I remember, you know, I just hit a point. I was, I, I, and long story short, I went to a hospital for a while because of, of an injury that I had and, or condition I had. Um, did physical therapy, worked with a physical therapist, and I was like, dog, this ain't it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So by then, it was like, shit, this is the... Uh, end of my junior year so i'm like all right i can finish and get this degree and probably be unhappy and probably struggle because you know it was a grind and i just wasn't my Mm -hmm. heart wasn't in it i was like or i can just you know take a chance and take a chance on this like with this camera um so you know i I went back that summer uh went back home that summer and you know just kind of talked to my parents and did a lot of research uh you know and just kind of made a plan to learn as much as I could about using a camera and the, the whole like production world and, you know, figuring out some way to let companies and, and other people know that, you know, I might not be like immersed and have like proper training, yeah. you know what I mean? Like have proper training, but at least let me show that I have some type of potential. Yeah. Right. Uh. So I made a plan, came back to school, came back to school when I started, uh, <laughs> I started this, this, this page called the plug. Uh. <laughs> And, you know, I would do, yeah, yeah, I made this page called The Plug. And I remember the funniest shit, man. I, I, I had to learn Photoshop or InDesign or something. And I made this, like, Fugazi logo <laughs> and, you know, made a YouTube channel. And, I, I mean, it was bad, but it was, like, fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't mind it. Um, and then, you know, I just started making videos for, for other groups on campus. Uh, tried to start doing, like, mini, like, documentaries, I guess you could I'm documentaries in quotes because they weren't that at all. It was <laughs> it was something really raw trying to tell a story, but um, you know those things ended up working for me. And uh, I had found another guy that went to JMU that I had worked with, and you know what I'm saying it was one of those things too where 
you know, me and him are from like, and this is still my boy yeah. to this day. Like, I owe him so much, bro, and I will always like be super thankful for him, bro. But uh, he he helped me shoot a video. Uh, he helped me shoot a rap video for uh, our orientation team that we would play for the incoming freshmen. I was like, damn, like this dude's fire. So I just kept in touch with him and told him what I was yeah. trying to do, and I used him as a resource. Um, I would send stuff to him and ask his advice, and you know, he kind of. He looked out and, you know, he started working for this one company and he was like, yo, you know, if you're still interested and you're still doing your thing, like you should apply. We have an internship. So I applied and by the grace of God, I got right. it. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was, it was one of those things where the connection was there. I was being mm-hmm. consistent. And even though like it wasn't great things that I was making, like I was showing strides and I can like I felt like if I could at least get myself in the room to talk to a company or or, you know, an interview, I can at least like put up a good fight yeah. you know what i'm saying the for a reason why i should be hired yeah, that, so that makes sense that's kind of how things yeah i was out. actually gonna ask so did you ever have a um experience for internship or a job with the physical therapy or you knew like right after your junior year like dog this shit is not for me yeah so i well it was twofold again so i had uh something i had i had a blood a pretty serious blood clot condition that then put me in the hospital um so i was there for a while and i had to do physical therapy so I was working with them like one on one. I was like, dude, I, just for me, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, obviously, everyone has a passion. It just wasn't yeah. mine. To me, it was just boring. Kind of like it was cool because you could talk to people and you know you're building relationships and helping mm-hmm. people. Um, but I think you know just day to day that wasn't something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And then you know on top of that, I was you know I, I, <laughs> I passed. I did pretty. I got B pluses in anatomy and physiology. But then like when it came to chemistry, I was like. <laughs> Like I, I was, I was struggling. I think I took general chemistry like twice, and I was like, "Yo, I got." <laughs> oh no! So it was just perfect timing, bro. I think the second time I took it was around the time I went to the hospital. So that's kind of how I realized, like, this just wasn't what I wanted. Gotcha. And I was gonna ask. So what was like that first, um, either paid or unpaid opportunity where someone kind of asked you to create something? I know you said someone wanted you to cover a probate, but like after school, obviously, like your first um real world experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think, bro. First time I got paid. So yeah, I mean, so in school, first time I got paid was doing a probate video after school, you know, I had the internship with this company and this company was, uh, this company was called, it's called pool house. Uh, it's funny, like funny enough. I think I told you this mm-hmm. at a bar, matter of fact, um, you know, pool house, you know, great. It was two great group of guys and they took a chance on me and I, you know, I can't thank them enough. Um, but you know, they had me doing a lot of, uh, kind of grunt work, like, you know, logging footage and organizing equipment and bringing it to shoes and just being like an assistant on shoes and maybe editing like a very, very small project and, uh, you know, things like the things that they didn't really want to do is what they put me on, which is what an internship ultimately kind of is. Um, but that kind of gave me that overview of like a, of the whole production world. Right. So I saw like production in the field. Then I went back and saw like editing process and i saw like how to organize footage like how important all these different things were um but to your point so even like with that like i was only getting paid six hundred dollars a month you know what i mean so i was kind of just like you know making it work and then my parents too would help every now and then and you know i'm I'm hard-headed so at this time too i'm like yo like i'm grown (laughs) i'll make the six hundred dollars work like you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna just do what i have to do and like they, it was just one of those things where they would have to like force 
to slide me like yeah. you know what I mean like forced to slide me a little bit of money and I'd be like all right I appreciate it but you know I try to make it try to do it on my own you know what I mean like I hate asking for money I hate asking for people to just give me stuff but uh going back to your question so I would do a lot of like side gigs too so I got introduced to like the you know concert photography world and like just photography mm-hmm. in general and then like the video that introduced me like videography like concert like recaps and just event recaps and things like that um, so I built, started building a lot of relationships in Richmond, Virginia, um, and doing like these side projects. So those were the things that like I was getting paid to do on the side before I actually got a full time job with uh, with Pool House, that company I was interning for. So you know I would just grind into that pretty consistently. Nice. Yeah, I was actually going to ask. So at this time that you're with Pool House, you're obviously you're still in Virginia, right? Yep, yep, so in Virginia. So I moved to uh, Richmond, Virginia right after graduation. Okay, okay. cool. And obviously you're in New York now. I kind of wanted you to elaborate on how you wound up in New York. Was that the vision, um, kind of the projects that led up to you uh, in your current role now, just kind of an overview of all the all those good things? Yeah, so I'll try to, like, condense this. Um, so, yeah, I'm working for that, you know, working for mm-hmm. Full House, Um I was an intern for probably the, I was an intern for the whole summer. Um, you know, they saw me like busting my ass and I was, you know, like those, like you said, like just easy to get along with, easy to work with, like eager to learn. So they ended up offering me like something called an externship, uh, which was basically just like, we'll double your pay, which still I wasn't like making anything, (laughs) but you know, they were giving me a shot and they were paying me more. So like, all right, bet. So did that, that turned into a full-time job. And as this is going on, I'm doing like side projects. Like I said, I'm doing this concert things and recap videos so, you know, I, I, funny enough, one of my boys from JMU introduced me to one of his friends. His name's Marid Marid. Shout out to him. He's got the best name in the game. Uh, Marid Marid. And he, you know, kind of introduced me to that mm-hmm. concert recap and, and, you know, music and things like that. Um, so I did a lot of, like, shows for him. He, you know, helped me get into a lot of shows to do recaps. And, you know, so I would do that in Richmond. I would drive up to, you know, D.C. and then, you know, drive back and go back to work. Um, so I was doing that for a while, man. And then, you know, there was one point when I did a, we went up to UVA for some, some weekend and they had a gold link, uh, you know, DM, you know, everyone gold link. If you don't know, gold link is a, you know, he's an artist from yeah. the DMV. Um, he's got the hit song crew, got a lot of other great songs, put out a project last year. That was dope. Um, but at the time he's, you know, he wasn't what he is now and he was, you know, he was on the rise. He's on the up and up. He had put out a project called, uh, ah, damn, I forgot what the project was called. Um, he had put out, he had put out like his first oh, album and I did a recap for him at, did a recap for him in uh, Charlottesville, UVA. Uh, he didn't see it. And then like, probably like six months later, he ended up performing at BCU and my boy Marid was tight with his manager. And he was like, yo, did you guys see this recap that my boy did? And he was like, nah, slide it to me. Slid it to him. He was like, oh, this is cool. Can you do this when we come to Richmond? So, you know, at that point, I'm like, all right, bet. Like, and for him, it was all access. And it was like, he was the middle mm-hmm. person. Masego, shout out to him. We actually went to high school together. Oh, Great yeah, dude. Yeah. I listen to um, him. He's dope. Yeah, he's he's amazing, bro. He was there and he was opening for him. And they had a good relationship. Um, and then Travis Scott was the closer. This was a, that was a, that was a crazy show. Um, but, you know, I did another recap for him. He got me in the show, did another recap. I sent him the video probably like the next day. And then I remember it was shit, bro. It was, had to have been like 1150 at night, close to 12. 
and he shot me a text. I, I'm assuming his manager gave me his gave me gave me his number, gave him mm-hmm. my number. Uh, shot me a text like, "Yo, I saw your video. It was dope." And I was like, "Oh shit, appreciate it, bro." Like, and I I didn't yeah. know who it was. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, "All right, like." <laughs> and then I was like, "Who is this?" He was like, "This is Golding." I was like, "Oh, word. <laughs> okay." Um, so he was like, "Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I ain't seen I ain't seen nothing like this before." And I, I was, you know, I was still learning mm-hmm. and still like you know, honing in on, like, a style and things like that. So, I, th- you know, I, that him saying that was dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just meant I was, like, on the right path. Um, and he was like, yo, like, I'm go- actually going on tour this summer. Like, I want you to come with me. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> or He was like, yeah, bro. Like, it's, you know, we got a tour coming up. I want you to come. We need video mm-hmm. and photos. And I was like, all right, cool. So then at that point, I, you know, thought about it for a minute. Talk to my parents about it for a minute, but at that point, I, my mom was like, oh, yeah, up. I'm like, bro, like the bigger the the bigger the risk, the bigger yeah. the reward. And this is like a once in a lifetime experience. So, uh, went back to my boss. I was like, look, appreciate you know everything you guys did for me, but I really want to you know take this opportunity. And they understood. They were like, yo, this sounds really dope. Uh, they were supportive and they tried to help me too, give me some advice. Um, and yeah, bro. So I just from there, I quit my job and I went on nice. tour. What was that uh, conversation like with your parents when you're telling them basically? Because I, I, I know how my parents work. They're, they're, in their mind, they're like, you're going to follow this rapper around to take pictures. And you have a job? <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? Like, what yeah. was that conversation like? Uh, you know what? I, the, the conversation my junior year was a lot tougher. Um, because, you know what I'm saying? Because at that point, I was like, I was about to graduate. And I was like, yo, I'm just switching what I'm doing completely. At least in this realm, I just kind of, I've kind of painted the picture like, picture like, look, not... The percentage of people that get to do what I'm a, what I'm about to do is like slim to none, right? Like not many people are doing that. And at that point, like I could, you know, I was paying for like I had a full time job, so I was like paying for everything and you know doing my thing with that. Um, and they were still like scared, and their biggest thing was like, look, you got to have a. And this is, and you know, I tell people this, and I tell my young boys this too. Like I have a couple young boys that have gone on tour and are going on tour with people people now I'm like yo you always got to have a plan b for when you get off right. you know what i mean because that money is you people aren't always gonna yeah. be on tour right and people aren't always gonna pay you to go on tour so it's like you gotta have backup you gotta have money saved you gotta have a plan for when you come back so it was just one of those things where i was like look like i'm gonna do what i gotta do like if i gotta work for a restaurant and then work at a warehouse like that night like i'll just make it work i'll work two jobs whatever until i get an until i get another full-time job um but they were super supportive. They knew, I think at that point, they just understood that this is something like this production world is like what I wanted to be and where mm-hmm. I wanted to be. So they were very, uh, very supportive. Um, so definitely thankful for that. Nice. Well, I was going to um, ask, what was that experience like? Just kind of being on tour with the up and coming star. Um, like, was it difficult? Was it cool? Like, did you learn a lot from the process? Was it everything you thought it would be? Kind of like details on that would be dope. Yeah. Um, you know, even just from like the experience as a whole, I, you know, I think it goes without being said, like, you know, you see stuff on TV and you see like, you know, tour, um, like documentaries of people like, you know, Rolling Stones or like Tim, you see Tim, the temptation movie, you see, like, you see references to what tour life is like. And, you know, those, that's exactly what it's like. And even for him, he's like a, at the time, you know, he was a very, like, he was pretty reserved dude, so he wasn't trying to wild out, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it was like, I had those, like, I had had a lot of those moments on tour where I'm running into people or, like, just walking by people where I'm shook. Like, I'm seeing, like, Mac Miller, Ariana Grande, like, Kendrick. <laughs> uh, um, 
I'm seeing. I'm trying to think who else, bro. I'm seeing. Oh man, I'm trying to think who else am I seeing, bro? Uh, who was there? Was it Kendrick, Vince Staples? Um, yeah, Katrinata, which was fire. Um, like Taz Arnold, who's a super crazy like like fashion designer, and it's I, it was like Taco from Our Future. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. And we're just all like backstage, just kicking it, or like we're in like the uh, the festival, like uh, VIP or artist area, just kicking it. And I'm just like a fly yeah. on the wall, you know what I mean? Just kind of like soaking in what they're talking about, yeah. you know what I mean? And you know, I, I learned a lot from that experience. Whether it's like, you know, how to like how to move when you're around yeah. these people, especially when you're not like in the positions they are, you know what I mean? And how you can like gain, you know what I'm saying? How you can how you can not like. I was never like a fanboy yeah. of like anybody. I'll never like unless it maybe unless it's like Jordan or LeBron or something. But like other than that, bro, like I'm pretty I'm pretty level headed when yeah. it comes to meeting people, and I think that's super important when you work in the industry. Yeah. Um, and people will respect you more. But um, you know, for me, I think the biggest lessons I learned uh, was everything I thought it was. Yes, uh, you know, did I know exactly how to navigate? like working with the client and making making sure like their their visions coming to life mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i went into it really thinking like all right like i'm gonna do this my way and i'm gonna you know make uh content that i think is dope and which which is cool but like i mean you gotta like find a balance of like yo like talk like have a meeting schedule like I, if i could do it over again i would have scheduled like a meeting talked about like their creative vision and what mm-hmm. they thought what how i could you know bridge the gap between my skills and what they want um, how I can bridge the gap between my skills and what they were looking for, uh, just to make sure like that the you know they're happy and I'm gotcha. happy. You know what I mean? And I didn't do that, but I learned yeah. that, and I learned the importance of that. And I tell I tell my young boys that now when they're you know getting ready to do stuff like this. Um, so is that you know even like turning around like projects and how quickly you should do it? Like I used to stay up and I used to stay up late, bro. We used to go get out of a show and I would stay up late and just start editing, uh-huh. and I would start picking out the best clips. Um. You know, and also just, like, for me, I was kind of just, like, going on a whim of, like, not really – I didn't really visualize what I wanted, like, the final product to look like, which ended up hurting me in the mm-hmm. long run. Um, and I kind of was like, all right, well, I'm just going to shoot, 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 and I'm going to put something together. Um, so it really taught me about, like, conceptualizing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that makes it so much easier on the back end. You know what you're going to get. Um, or you can at least, like, make – shoot things or, like, plan things to a degree so you get – um, everything you need. Um, those are the main things for us. Uh, and definitely like sustaining relationships after the fact, whether that's like, you know, hitting people up every now and then to keep the relationship going, checking in on people. Um, and, you know, generally just like making relationships outside of just like a business sense and just making like real, lasting, genuine partnerships and relationships. Yeah. Which is just as important as like the content you make. Or more important. Yeah, that makes sense. I was actually going to ask, so when you were on the tour, were you like, all right, let me just make sure I do my job correctly and shoot these guys, get them the clips they need? Or were you out there networking like, yo, my name's Jeff. I would love to kind of like network. I'm here doing this. Or kind of what was your mindset at the time? My mindset at the time was just, yo, I'm going to go out here and shoot. (laughs) And that was it. Like, I would, uh, I wouldn't like go out of my way. Like, I would always try to, I would always like say what's up to people and like just chop it up with people, but I would never like, put myself out there to another degree of being like hey like this is what i do i would love to like you know talk to you guys if there's any like potential opportunities like you know what i mean like so after like 
building the relationship, like the genuine part of the relationship, I wouldn't talk about the business, like business, yeah. re- business related things. I would keep it just like, you know what I'm saying? Casual and, and less like, yo, like, you know, maybe we can work together in the future, but yeah. you know, in retrospect, you know, it's good to have that. It's good to have the balance, you know, show people you're genuine and then, you know, let them know, like, let them know what you're trying to do. Cause really at the end of the day, like, you don't tell someone what you're trying to do. Like they can't help exactly. you get there. And you can't get a shit. Who knows, bro? Like, I remember I was talking to Schoolboy Q's bodyguard at one point, <laughs> And we were talking, like, yeah. chopping it up, you know, vibing. We were talking for, like, 15 minutes. You know, I see him again at, like, the little VIP, like, get your wristband section. And then I see him again. And, you know, at no point during any of those conversations did I say, like, who, like what – I said what I did, but I didn't make it a point to be like, yo, I would love to connect with you guys and, you know, figure out how like if there's any way i can help you all you know what i mean or anything like that so in retrospect i definitely would have uh would have done that and i tell people do make sure you do that now that's what anything in life bro like i haven't gotten any of my jobs just based off like my skills like you know the skills get my foot in the door but then it's like or sorry like uh relationships will get my foot in the door and then my work will speak for itself you know what i mean that's dope yeah i was listening to uh, i think it was the paul rivera podcast where he had I think I messed his name up, but Salehi Benbury. Have you heard of him? So he does uh-huh. like the designs for um, Yeezy and Versace and Donatello and all that stuff. Uh, okay. and he was talking about this internship yep. he had at Yeezy, and he was saying like all his friends were like, "Yo, were you taking pics with Yeezy? Were you like on the phone with like Virgil and all that stuff?" He was like, "Dog, I just had my head down doing my work, and like if we like conversed, like we talked about like business or work, but I wasn't trying to make it a point to like get him in my designs, tell him what I'm trying to do five years from now." He's like. You got to build all the, those relationships, like, authentically and, like, just, like, organically and naturally let them grow. And it sounds like that's what you did um, on the tour. Sometimes you have to just do the work. It's not always going to be sexy. It's not always going to be fun. But sometimes you have to just roll your sleeves up and simply do the work. Jeff has paid his dues and knows how to seize an opportunity when it presents itself. He's controlling his own narrative and believes everyone should take active steps to living in their truth and controlling their own narrative. How about taking active steps of your own to write your own story? Well, Forward Direction LLC is a full house book publishing agency that can help you do just that. Check out the website, LadenWilliams.com. Now back to our conversation. Right, exactly. Yeah, yep. so um, 100%, bro. And it's, but yeah, as you, you definitely got to have like a balance, mm-hmm. bro. Definitely got to be a balance. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, people, people can see through, through like fakeness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they can tell what's genuine and what's not. So if they bang with you and, you know, you've shown them that, you know, you you can build their trust, like that's half the battle. And then, you know, don't be scared to put yourself yeah. out there. Yeah. I was going to ask, you mentioned um, producing like, dope content while you're on the tour or just in general what is it you feel like makes content appealing to viewers or fans out there that are interested in obviously like the hip-hop space or the the intersection of sports and hip-hop and business and like culture and all the all those fascinating things my bad bro can you can you repeat yeah that? i was gonna, I was gonna for, ask yeah for, actually, for some reason my uh, i just plugged in my phone and it's telling me liquid has been detected in my lightning connector that's yeah, not that's good a- so I can't charge my phone. Give me two All seconds. Right, you bro. Get, my I can just off, off lag this part. Okay. 
Why is this not? Hold on. Let me see if I can uh, find another charger. All right. If not, I could just uh, hang up and call right back. It doesn't matter. This charger should work. Okay, cool. I'm good to go, bro. Yep. Are you good? All right, cool. So we can just kind of pick up. I was basically asking... I know you mentioned on the tour, um, obviously capturing dope vibes and good content. What do you define as good content? Like what sticks with people? What resonates with like fans that are interested in sports, uh, business, hip hop culture? Like what do you try to capture to make sure yeah, that they're I think, uh, interested? You know, I think things or the content you capture needs to be like genuine. You know, I think uh, a lot of people just want to be able to like relate to like these you know, athletes or musicians or whoever, like they want to find some type of common ground with them and they want to see them in, you know, a space where they don't normally like see them. You know what I mean? So whether that's like, you know, I think LeBron does a great job with his, with his show, like the shop, like getting people to talk about things in like a space where they're really being candid and like honest, you know what I mean? About, about topics that, you know, all of us Mm -hmm. talk about when we're just with our homies. So like, I think that's dope being able to, you know, be relatable and be genuine. You know, I think, having like a unique style, like whether that's like your editing or shooting or, you know what I mean? Like there needs to be something that's just like a, a, a distinct, that gives it a distinct look. Like there's a lot of people that do like a lot of event recaps or there's a lot of people that do whatever, like documentaries or, you know, shows or whatever. But there's like, yeah. if you, if you have a look like a signature look, and if you can like develop that, I think that's, that's such a big part because people, you know, they can if they can look at something like, yo, I already know who like directed this or yo, I already know who edited this or whatever. Like catching people's eyes is such a big deal. Like they you know, there's so much there's so much content on like it with Instagram and Twitter. Like people see the same things over and over again. So like having a distinct look is so yeah. is super important. Um what else? I think I you know, I think I say those are the two main things. Okay. Yeah, um, I was also going to ask, obviously, when you were on tour with those guys, were you kind of building up your portfolio with the vision in mind that you wanted to get to New York? Or, like, how did you end up at House of Highlights, basically, or in right. New York? I don't know if that was your first position right. once you got um, here. So, like... honestly, New York one was never on the right. radar, bro. I never. Um, you know, I was going to go on tour, and I was going to come back to Richmond. And at the time, too, like, you know, once I got back to Richmond, I ended up working for this advertising agency called the Martin Agency which, you know, taught me a lot as well. Like that, when I was with them, I was an assistant video editor. So I learned a lot about the post-production process, working with producers, directors, you know, how, how the whole production process worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there for a while. And then I actually, you know, went to JMU, my, my alma mater's homecoming. And this was back in like 2018. I went there 
And this was at halftime. And this is how crazy, like, the universe is. So, I'm at – it's halftime. Mind you, it's me and my <laughs> – it's me and my line brother, uh, you know, kind of at the entranceway. And this girl okay. just, like, yells out to me. She's like, hey, are you Jeff? And I'm and this, and at, and at this point, I'm smashed. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little drunk and I'm a little whatever else. Right? But so, yeah. And my first thing seems like, all right, like, what did I, what did I do to some? Like, I know, I knew for a fact I didn't do anything to someone. So this yeah. dude is like an old flame from college or something. I don't know what was going on. So I was yeah. just scared. So I turn around. Um, it was this girl, and she was just smiling, like, "Are you Jeff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what's up." Um, she she walks up to the gate and she's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I saw what you did on tour with uh, Golding. I thought it was really dope." And I was like, "Oh, word! Like, thanks. Like, I, you know, I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean?" Um, and she was yeah. like, "Yeah, uh, you know, I'm actually friends with this girl that one of one of my good friends from uh, from the gym from UREC. She was a supervisor with me. So she's like, "Yeah, I'm good friends with uh, Amanda." And I was like, "Oh, word! Like, that's the homie. Yeah, like we worked together for like three years." Um, she was like, yeah, yeah, I work for Bleacher Report. You know, I do a lot of uh, – she was a producer of Bleacher Report for their branding content team. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, yeah, you know, if you – are you looking for a new job? And I was like, I mean, I'm always open to, to options. And at this point, too, I was – and at this point, too, I knew that, you know, post-production wasn't what I wanted to do, you know what I mean, for, like, the rest of my life. Gotcha. Um, and she was yeah. like, yeah, um, you know, if you – if you're looking, like, I'll, I'll keep you in mind and we can just, you know, connect and stay connected. And I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. Super nice, bro. Like, you know, she's great. Shout out to Kat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I, I just stayed in touch with her and we hit her up every now and then. And I remember this was like December. She hit me up on December 23rd and she said, yo, there's this job at House of Highlights. You know, I, I'm not really sure what it all entails, but I think you'd be good for it. And I was like, Okay, you know, just send it to me and I'll I'll apply. Applied and I man, I would travel back and forth from Richmond. I think I traveled back and forth at least like two or three times. Um and so I had a couple of interviews. Uh got to the last round of interviews and they asked me who I like if I knew anyone at the office. I was like, Yeah, you know, I know Kat. Like she well, I don't know her, but she just was so nice and pulled up on me. I had some at a football game and I told them that I was like a little drunk <laughs> so, so so i think they kind of laughed at that and they're like they but they you know what i'm saying but me like even telling them that they just knew it was like genuine you know what i mean and it wasn't like awesome like yeah it, that was just what happened and uh so they thought that was funny and you know they yeah. love her and they're like all right well you know if you know if you know cat then you know y'all you're cool with me so here's a job <laughs> and i was like wow this is dope so That's you know cool. it was so- a collective it was like a collection of, uh, you know, it was a collection of me doing a lot of things on the side, like for concerts and like recaps and just shooting whatever I could. Like I made this like fake, like I made this spec like Nike commercial, put commercial in quotes, you know what I mean? But it was me again, just trying to show like show people mm-hmm. like, yo, like I might not have the tools, but I got potential. So you invest in, if you invest in me or like, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Or I keep learning, like it's only a matter of time until it gets to the level of like where it needs to be. Um, or like where I wanted to be at some point, but that's something we chase forever. But uh, you know, yeah, it was like a culmination of those things that helped got helped give me the job. So networking, working outside of work, right? Just being like good to people. Going back to what you said earlier yeah. about just being good and like genuine to people. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. bro, just, just bust my ass. So that's kind of how how the job happened. That's yeah, that's cool. So at this point, 
I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I have it correct. Your junior yep. year, you switch yes, majors, right? And then you're yep. in Richmond, you have a stable job, but then you're gonna go follow um, the yep. R&B artist Golden Kimisego. But now you're leaving Richmond again to go to New York. So at this point, <laughs> your parents are like, "All right, Jeff, we get it. You're gonna you're gonna follow your dreams at any cost. We get it. We support you fully." And oh man, like, bro. I, I mean, this, this this is going honestly, bro. Like once. Once I got got once I got over the hump of the internship where I was making six hundred, I was like, bro, if I can do this all six hundred, I can do, I can figure it out in whatever you know what I'm saying, and wherever I'm at. So gotcha. you know, once I got the yeah. full time job in Richmond, yeah. I was like, all right, you know, I was smart with my money, you know, all that. And then mm-hmm. for me, it was like, but what I'm what I made sure happened, except for tour, like when I was on tour, I took like a like a pay cut, right, just because for the experience for the for the resume, yeah. but you know. Each time I'm like leveling up at a job or like getting a promotion or going to a different job, I'm making sure that, you know, I'm getting compensated what I need to be compensated to. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, every job I had in Richmond, it was like a gradual increase. Then like once I made the jump from like Richmond to to uh, to New York, I just made sure like one, I would be able to afford to live in New York. Uh, and, you know, two, just figuring out figuring out what the cost of life, all that stuff looked like. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess it was just one of my parents knew it was like, yeah, like he, this is what he's going to do. He's hard headed. Like he's going to do what he has to do. And I think they, you know, my dad, my dad pulled me aside one day and he said he respected that about me as like a man, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, fear, fear is a mind killer for sure. You know what I mean? And that's like one of those things where it's like, if you, if you're scared to yeah. take the risk, like you're not going to, you're not going to make it to where all your idols are at. Like they all took risks and they all had people that were telling them like, yo, they're, Sorry, they had people telling them, like, yo, like, you know, the chances of you doing this are <laughs> slim to none. Like, so, you know, but it's just one yeah. of those things where it's like, you got to have tunnel vision and just know, got to have faith in yourself. So, yeah, bro, I mean, I was at that point, I was like, yo, I'm just going to make it happen. Like, there's no way that, there's no way that all these things could happen coincidentally. Like, me just happening to run into a girl at halftime, right? My boy just happening, though, Golding's mm-hmm. manager. Like there's no way like all these different things happen in, in my happen in my life for me to not like take advantage. Like I think that's just was just God's way of like just telling me like, yeah. yo, this is where you need to go. Yeah. That's dope. I was actually gonna get you to kind of um speak to some of the projects that you're proud of, whether it's with House of Highlights or from your your own personal projects. Just like what is some dope shit that you've created? You're like, damn, when you look back at it, yeah. like I actually you know, I did think, this. You know, first and foremost, like the tour stuff, like that was that's probably that's probably the second thing I'm most proud of. Um, you know, I think I had a stint with uh, I had a stint with uh, shout out to Mark Phillips, Supreme Dreams. I worked with him pretty heavily my first couple years at House of Highlights, but you know, working with him and he's he's a genius in his own right for sure. You know what I mean? Like he's so funny, bro. He's like the Bernie back of our generation. Um, but you know, I, I got a I was got a chance to work with him like I said, for the first, like, couple years. So we did a couple, you know, episodes of, of a, like, a, like, a, almost like a mock show, which, you know, for me was, like, all right, I'm taking, like, a vision of, all right, they want to give him a show. Like, let's at least, you know, let's make a pilot of, like, what this looks like. So we did, like, four or five. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really starting from scratch with the ideas, figuring out how to, like, it just really took me through the whole, like, production process. So it, like, made me use everything I learned. Okay and put it into, like, a project. And then on top of that, like, I never really worked with, like, talent in, like, a scripted way. You know what I mean? Where it was, like, they're writing out, like, sketch 
like mm-hmm. comedy sketch uh, scripts and things like that. Learning how to like work with him and like, you know, provide him with like feedback and things like that and figuring out like, you know, what a graphics package looks like, what the really just planning the whole thing from like A to Z, which uh, super thankful for that. And that taught me a lot about the experience uh, or a lot about production. Sorry. Um, and I think, you know, the thing I'm like, funny, that's the thing I'm like most proud of, which gave me insight into all of that was I made this like that fake Nike spec commercial that I did back in like 2015. 2016 17 uh that's mm-hmm. right now is the thing i'm most proud of because that um, along with like the tour stuff i did like that like when i showed people like that you know what i mean they they were kind of like okay he did this with nothing mm-hmm. so if we you know if we can if he has money or he has a budget or he has like a team like there's he could you know what i'm saying he could do a lot with a little so there's only who no telling what he can do with whatever else he's got so you know, super, those three things are definitely things I'm most proud of. And, you know, I'm in the process of like, and I think we talked about this too, like I'm in the process of working on personal projects right now that will far surpass like what I was doing. Cause what I was doing before was like cool, but it wasn't like, like it was good and it was good for like the time in my life that I was at. But it's like what the things that I'm about to do now, I think will be just like a culmination of everything I learned. Like, you know, really being able to like put money in the projects and, you know, I don't know. It's just combining everything. So I'm really excited about that. And I think you asked me the same question like a year from now, I'm going to tell you all the stuff I'm going to make in the next year is what I'm going to be most proud of. Okay. That's a, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. And I'll definitely stay tuned. Don't want to um, tip your hand yet, but I know you have some heat in store. Um, obviously you've taken some calculated risk in the past. Um, is there anything you would change? Man. I probably would have taken more risk if I could change something, to be honest. Like, I probably would have taken more, like, what we talked about, like, networking and, you know, while I was on tour, would have done that more. Um, You know, I probably would have gone to more shows, met more people. Um, I don't regret anything for sure. Like, I don't don't regret not studying, like, media or film or whatever in undergrad. Like, all everything, everything that happened – like in the in everything that happened to me, even in like the order that it happened, it was like supposed to happen that way. Um, and I just learned a lot, and this, you know, all this stuff just made me who I am. And I'm a big believer in like things happen the way things work out the way they're supposed to work out. So, you know, I think if anything, I just would have taken more risk. <laughs> and and uh, you know what? There's, there's one thing, and I and I tell people this too. Like like my young boys, I tell them this too. I'm like, yo, like. You got it. So what I did when I did a good job of was I did a lot of stuff for free when I started, right? Did a lot of stuff for free. And now a lot of people don't want to do that, but I did. And then like, you know, once you, you know, build a portfolio, when you feel like you got like a good amount of reps in, like you need to, at that point, you need to know your worth. Right. So I didn't, I didn't uh, establish my worth after that um, the way I should have. And that's what I tell people now, like, do your, bro, like, do your stuff for free. Like, you got to do that. And then, like, kind of just set, like, a like a plan on what you know what I mean? Like, all right, like, I'm going to work on my craft for a year, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm going to work on my craft, or I'm going to do stuff for free for six months or however long, right? I'm going to get it to a place I think is solid and good, mm-hmm. then I'm going to raise my rate. You know what I'm saying? Because what you don't want to happen is you don't want to have people take advantage of you, right? Because they're, they're going to tell you, yo, like, Jeff made some, yeah. dope, some dope stuff. Uh, how much did you charge? How much did you charge you? Oh, bro, it was free. You don't want to be known as the free guy. Like when once you once you've been doing it for like 
you know, a respectable amount of time and you've learned a lot. Like, you don't want to be the free guy. You say that way you got to establish, like, your worth and what you want. I'm not saying charge anything outlandish, but, you know, be reasonable. And then, like, just keep building on that rate every time you hit, like, another milestone and you feel like you've gotten better. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I think that's the only thing I would have changed. That's that's a good uh, response. You actually answered my next question. I was going to ask you what advice you had for someone that's kind of reluctant to pick up the camera or unsure about kind of pursuing their passion. Yeah. Uh, On top of like, on top of what I just said, I I think it's just super important, bro, to to just do it, just go out and do it. And I talked to, you know, my homie uh, star um, that I actually work with. I talked to her about this a lot and she's her biggest thing is just like, yo, you just got to go out and do it. Like you just gotta, like, there's no way you're going to get better until you make some shit. Like I watched a lot of like, you know, videos and, like master class i just started watching like master class and things like that and you know their biggest thing is just like trial trial yeah. by fire like the first the first short film you make is not gonna there's a good chance it's not gonna hit you know what i mean it's a good chance it's not gonna be great right the first yeah. like recap <laughs> video i did was terrible like it was like i look back and I'm like, what was that? i thought this was fire but i thought it was fire back in the day but it wasn't um <laughs> But you can't yeah. be you can't be scared of just knowing your first couple of things are gonna be shit, and you can't be scared that they're gonna you know what I'm saying they're not gonna meet yeah. your expectations. But the only way they're gonna get there is if you keep yeah. building and expanding on what you know and you you know your reps, and that's how you get to you know a respectable level and a level that you can appreciate. Um, so you know I think I learned that's that, cool. and I actually got away from that. Like I got away from that when I moved to New York, and I it's funny enough I actually think the probably like the first. So I've been there for two years. So the first like year and a half, you know, I was just big and like, yo, I'm gonna do my job and do whatever. And I got away from doing side projects. And I got away from like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't like set a goal, set like a long term goal. And I didn't have steps to reach that goal. And I was just getting a little complacent mm-hmm. with what, where I was at and what I was doing. Um, so I, 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 and then every time I like try to start something, I was like, man, you know, I don't, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do this. Like I'm looking at all this cool shit that people are like making and all this stuff. And like, and I, for some reason I just reverted back to like, yo, like I just don't know where to start and how I'm going to do this. And it froze me. And I was really, and there was a point where I was kind of like just depressed. And I think a lot of people that are creative, they kind of go through this funk where they're just like, yo, I don't know if this is it. And I don't know if I can do this. Um, So it took me a while to get out of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm out of it now. But, uh, you know, I think if I would have if I would have had that same mentality instead of just being froze by what for whatever reason, when I got to New York, I would probably I would be where I'm going to be at a year from now, right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that it was it was just a wake up call, yeah. bro. And, you know, I needed to go through that season to really, like, get re-energized and, you know, just get back to get back to that old mindset. Um, so, yeah, bro, I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Okay. Cool. And um, I was gonna ask, how does Jeff define success? Hmm. How do I define success? You know, I think a couple. I guess a couple points. You know, I'm just. I never really. I haven't really thought about that. Actually, I mean, I have, but I haven't like thought about like you know. What I'm saying, got really in depth on it, but you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Success for me first and foremost is being able to look at myself in the mirror and know I gave, I gave this like life and like this, you know, this production, like 
this production world, like everything I had, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to look back with regrets. Yeah. So if I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, yo, I gave it everything. I think that's part of success. Right. I think the second part of success is okay. inspiring other people. Right. I think, you know, being vulnerable with the stories you tell or being vulnerable with them when you have your one-on-ones, like, um, and really like trying to give people like, like I, I just had a conversation. I just had a, an hour long conversation with one of my boys who just, who is crazy in itself. Like he was like a, he was like a, uh, damn, he was like a C information system major back at JMU. And he somehow got into photography and he's mm-hmm. doing great things in that. And it started dipping the videos now. And I'm, I just talked to him yesterday for like an hour about like how to make a deck proposal for like clients, you know what I mean? So it's like, and those, these are things that I didn't know, Yeah. but it's all things that are going to help him. And I, you know, I, I try to, whatever advice I can give them to my homies and whoever just has questions, like, I'll, you know, I'll do it. And I don't know everything, but at least if I don't know it too, I'll like point you in the right direction. Right. So just giving up gotcha. every, not every piece of knowledge that I have to better the next person, I think is another piece of part of success. So like when it's all said and done, bro, like I don't like, it's like, yeah, I definitely want to have like, like works that are like recognized right but i think i would be more not i think i would be more proud of uh i I would be more proud of knowing i you know having these conversations with my friends when we're like 60 years old and they tell me Mm -hmm. bro like do you remember this one time when you talked to me about this bro that helped me so much and that changed my trajectory and my path like that's that's the biggest part of success for me is like passing on passing on whatever you got to the next person and uh you know making sure they're learning from your mistakes so they don't make the same mistakes either um you know also think just being able to like go back to and like provide for like my community like there wasn't like i said there wasn't a big like there are no black maybe now they're starting to become more like young black like males and females with, you know, cameras and doing like creative things. There's definitely a bigger presence because of like the internet and Instagram and Twitter. Um, But, you know, like there's still like a stigma on the art, I think, back where I'm from where it's like not cool. And I think a lot of kids get Mm -hmm. frozen by that because they're like, oh, my friends are going to think it's cool. Um, So I think being able to provide them with tools and resources and finding a way to do that, I think would be, in my mind would be a success. So yeah. Yeah. You've, you've definitely dropped a lot of gems um, in our conversation. I wanted to first just say thank you again for joining. You definitely um, got me up to speed with your career and how you got started and what it's like to kind of take those risks and have that support system behind you. Want to kind of transition and just have fun for a second and put you in the hot seat and get your take <laughs> on five yeah, for questions. Sure. Are you down? Okay, cool. Um, I know you mentioned this show earlier, MTV Cribs. So, oh, Pin My Ride or MTV Bruh, Cribs? Pin My Ride was crazy. I was so hurt. I was so hurt when I thought that was wild. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm, going with, I'm going with uh, Pin My Ride. Pin My Ride, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that show was wild. I was actually watching old clips the other day, and the guy needed a new car. Dog, and I was just like thinking about fryer, that one. Like, when we were talking about, I was thinking about that one, bro. That shit was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, just give him a new car. Um, next one, fresh hoodie or fresh pair of kicks? Man, I've been in, I've been in the beaters a lot lately for kicks, so I'm gonna go with fresh hoodie. Okay, cool. Um, 
Three people Ooh, you would like to pregame with and why. Damn. Okay. All right. So, number one, who's wild? Man, I want to pregame. Damn. Give me a second, bro. That's a good one. Pregame. All right. <laughs> dead or alive or dead or alive or what? All right. Yeah, it, does, All right. it doesn't matter. So, sure I want to pregame with this Edgar Wright. He's the director for uh, Scott Pilgrim and uh, Baby Driver. I want to pregame with him. I want to pregame with who's a wild boy, bro. Dog, I want to pregame with uh, Post Malone, bro. Because he, because he's wild. Okay. He seems yeah, like that might, fun, that might be... I know his joints be fun, <laughs> so I'm yeah. gonna Post Malone. Yeah. He might, oh, he might have did a semester rap. Yeah, he had crips on Lifestyle and Dark Side for sure. Um, exactly. Wild card who I want to pregame with. Uh, I'll say I want to pregame with just because. Just I'll say I want to pregame with Will Smith. Okay. Yeah, that's a, it's like a, a pretty diverse pregame. pregame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, live music or live, live DJ? DJ? Okay, cool. And last one: tickets to the Super Bowl or Game mm-hmm. Seven of the Finals? Game Seven. Game Seven for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think I would go to the same route. Um, and then, last question: uh, What's the first thing you're gonna do, kind of like once this timeout is over? First thing I'm gonna do once this is over. Uh, work-wise, I'm gonna try to shoot. It's my goal right now to shoot three digital uh, digital ads for this one company. This is out. That's that's nice. work-related. Outside of that, bro, I just okay. really want to go to a Mexican spot and drink a margarita. Like, I just want to be out in the mix with people. Nice. <laughs> be out in the mix with people and just drink a big, yeah. like, huge margarita, like fishbowl, something. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, that so like that's nice the two things I'm going to do when I get out of here. Okay, cool. And last, how can people get connected with you to kind of check out your current projects? Yeah, so I'm like, I'm wiping my whole social with old projects, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's hefe.ii. That's where I'm posting like at least like the promos and the snippets of like my new stuff. So you can check that out. And then I'm going to make a YouTube channel too. So, you know, if you follow me on IG, you can catch my catch my YouTube on that too. So... Those are two two okay. places, bro. Bet. And then you know, hopefully, okay. hopefully, hopefully, Bet. a short we'll film make sure festival or two in the near future. Yes. Okay. Sir. We're gonna speak it into existence. Yes, so sir. we'll definitely see that. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks again for stopping by the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Lady hey, Williams. You, Thanks again, Joe. All right, bro. No doubt. <laughs>